Hey there, friend. Listen, I want to invite you to join me for an upcoming presentation I'm offering called How to Shift from Willpower to Want Power. If you're tired of feeling like you have the best of intentions with food and weight, only to have it all fall by the wayside by the time your head hits the pillow at night, then this is for you. If you're interested in making permanent weight loss easier and less of a struggle, then this is for you. If you're curious what want power is, which you probably should be, and can't wait to learn how to incorporate it into your journey toward peace and freedom around food, then this is for you. I'll be presenting live twice on Wednesday, May 1st, 2024, at both noon and 7.30 p.m. Central Time Zone. I'll answer your questions live and we'll have a really good time together. But if you can't make either of those days, I'm not going to make you get a replay emailed into your inbox only for it to get lost and never be watched no matter how deeply you want to make time to go through it. Because I mean, honestly, who are we kidding? (laughs) We've all done this, including me. No, instead, we are offering multiple watch parties for several days after the live presentation. So come watch the replay with other doctors and interact in the chat with them and my team. So either way, whether you come live or to a watch party, it will be worth your time for sure. All you have to do is register at katrinaubellmd.com forward slash want power. That's katrinaubellmd.com forward slash w-a-n-t-p-o-w-e-r. See you there. You are listening to the Weight Loss for Busy Physicians podcast with Katrina Ubel, MD, episode number 181. Welcome to Weight Loss for Busy Physicians, the podcast where busy doctors like you get the practical solutions and support you need to permanently lose the weight so you can feel better and have the life you want. If you're looking to overcome your stress eating and exhaustion and move into freedom around food, you're in the right place. Well, hey there, my friend. How are you? So glad to have you back. I am really excited about the guest that I have for the podcast today. Now, one reason why I brought on my guest today, Samantha Skelly, is because I know that for so many, well, basically every human being on this earth, but for sure, the physicians who listen, you know, we all need to be actively de-stressing. We all need to be taking actions that actually help us like in a meaningful way to process our emotions of the day, be able to reduce our stress levels and just allow us to feel better naturally just from doing those things. And so there's so many different ways that you can do this, but I find that a lot of people kind of check a few of them out and then they're like, that's not really for me. I don't really like those things. And so they just go on doing nothing. And so I think it's really important for me to expose you to different options, just different things to try that you might not have heard of. And so you've heard me talking about tapping before. Of course, I've talked about meditation before. You know, some people love doing yoga. Some people find that through exercise, they really feel like they're processing a lot of emotions. And then of course, there's thought work and actually looking at what's going on in your brain, asking yourself how you feel and all of that, which I teach. But in the last year or so, I met this woman, Samantha Skelly, Sam Skelly, and I learned what she does. And it was just super fascinating to me. And I've tried it out as well. I think it's a really awesome way of dealing with emotions and actively de-stressing that is more active 
is something that you have a little more control over. And I think that you might be really interested in checking it out and learning more. So let me just give you her bio information just so you know a little bit more about her. Samantha Skelly is a seven figure entrepreneur, sought after international speaker, best selling author and wellness coaching expert. She founded both Hungry for Happiness, a movement that helps people experience true transformation and happiness through trained certified coaches who utilize emotional and energetic coaching techniques and pause breath work, which has a mission to unite humanity by helping people breathe, feel and thrive. Samantha has revolutionized the weight loss and self-help industries by examining the individual and underlying causes of food, body and self-love issues. She has shared her mission on an international platform with appearances on Global TV, Shaw, NBC, CBC and BBC. She's also been featured in various publications such as Forbes, the Huffington Post, the Elephant Journal, and the Prevail Project. Samantha continues to spread her message and transform the lives of tens of thousands of people through her programs, worldwide international retreats, motivational speaking engagements, popular Hungry for Happiness podcast, and her best-selling Hay House book, Hungry for Happiness. So I'm super excited to bring you my conversation with Sam Skelly. She is someone that I met through a kind of a different program that we were both in And I was just super curious um, about what she did and checked it out myself. And I wanted to share all of that with you as well. So please enjoy my interview with Sam Skelly and I'll talk to you next week. Hey, Sam, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited to be here. All right. So let's just start off with you telling us a little bit about who you are, but then also your story of how you came to find breathwork. Mm. So I grew up as a dancer and a child actress. So my entire life, I was either on a stage or in front of a camera. So it was my whole entire life. I was a ballerina. I trained 30 hours a week. And um, it was, it was, it was, it was an intense, an intense upbringing as a child. So I, I basically stopped acting and stopped dancing when I was 18 years old. And from then I developed in like an intense, unhealthy relationship with my body and with food. And I was on, you know, it was a time in my life where I was on over 50 diets in less than four years, trying to figure out how to eat like a normal person, how to really handle my relationship to food. I can remember those days where I would wake up in the morning and the first thought on my, on my mind was how, like, I can't wait to go to bed tonight because my thoughts were just racing and racing and racing and racing. And so I, I, I kind of sought out life coaches and mentors and and, and things like that. And, and everyone and, and their dog would be like, just meditate, just take some time for yourself, just slow down. And like the thought of slowing down back then was like, I hated it. Like, I'm like, I'm going on speed 100. I don't care. I'm, I'm, I'm just I'm just going. And so I remember I would try and meditate. I would sit down and I would try and meditate. And my thoughts were just like racing like crazy. And I would get up 20 minutes later feeling, you know, e- even more anxious and even more stressed out. So basically, I, I, I read the book. Have you heard of the book, um, Eat, Pray, Love? Like 10 years ago, it was like really... Oh, yeah. 10 years. Yeah. So so I read... I, I mean... Yeah. It was like... I think that was like one... I don't know. Was, was that like one of her like early big ones? I think Eat, Pray, Love was... Her second book. I feel like she had written one book before that. And then yeah. she went and did this one. And then, you know, nobody expected it to be... <laughs> certainly not her. You know, she did yeah. not expect it to be as big as it was. But I remember she was like on Oprah. It was like a really big deal. It was crazy. It was crazy. So I read that book and I thought to myself, well, I'm just going to go to Bali. 
Bali then. I'm going to go to Bali. Bali is going to fix all of my problems. So packed a suitcase or a backpack and got a one-way ticket to Bali. And I, I was like, you know what? Maybe I'll try meditation in Bali. Maybe it's different here. I don't know. You know, it's like wherever you go, there you are. <laughs> but I, I, I was intending to go to this meditation class. I ended up missing meditation class and I didn't have anything else to do that afternoon. So I landed in this breathwork class. And I went into this breathwork class and the man, the man came up to me and he was like, he was like, are you ready to go on the ride of your life? And I'm like, what are you talking about? And he, he was like, I, he's like, breathwork will allow you to feel all sorts of different things that you've never felt. At that point in my life, again, I, I really only felt anxious or anxiety. You know, I, I, I had no connection to my intuition. I didn't know the difference between an emotional hunger cue and a physical hunger cue. I had no idea what like the sensations in my body met, meant because I just completely blocked them out and I was up in my head all the time. And so I was like, oh, this bro does not know who, what he's dealing with. Like, I, I don't know how to feel at all. Like, sure, try your like hippie stuff on me, but I don't think I'm going to be a candidate for this. So I lie down and he, he asks us to breathe in this very particular way. And within moments, I was like, oh my God gosh, like I am feeling my body feeling activated in a way that I've never felt before. My mind is clear for the first time in, in so long. I'm actually feeling the vibration of my heart, which is something that I've never felt ever. And so I, I, I left that class and I, I, I went up to him and I was like, what was that? And how does the world not know that this exists? And I remember him telling me at that time, and it's ironic now 10 years later that I actually do this for a living, but he did say at that time, he's like, maybe you're the one to tell them. And I have that memory, like I have that moment etched in my memory forever because I think it's just like so ironic how the universe just lines things up all the time. That seed was planted then and now 10 years later, this is exactly what I do. But my first company, Hungry for Happiness, where we help people who struggle with emotional eating and binge eating, I started to test out some of the breathwork methods with them. I, I did every facilitator training on the market at that time, 10 years ago. It was very limited, but I did every single one. And I began to just uh, support my clients who were struggling with emotional eating and binge eating, I started to teach them breath work. And they were like, oh my goodness, I had no idea that I could feel. I had no idea that I could tell the difference between an emotional hunger cue and a physical hunger cue. I didn't even know that I had emotional needs until I really got in my body and became embodied. So that that work started to progress with with my clients in Hungry for Happiness. And then two years ago, we started Pause Breathwork, which is, you know, a, a brand of its own. And we're, our, our mission with Pause Breathwork is to decrease human suffering and increase human consciousness through the power of breathwork. And it's it's super exciting. You know, it's super exciting. It's the, the most beautiful thing with breathwork is it's instant and it's it goes right to the source. You know, we don't have to meditate and work and take it slow and just wait and wait and wait and wait and wait. We don't. It, it, we're directly in the pocket of where we want to feel into. And another big difference with breath work is we don't have to think about how to feel better. We just go right into the energy of what we're, we just go right into what we're, what we're experiencing. We begin to feel through it and heal through it. So that's sort of my journey with it. I, I healed myself with my eating disorder through breath work. I then supported my clients after I healed through it. And now, um, now I'm teaching it and facilitating it and training facilitators and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So it's been quite a journey. <laughs> yeah. And so by eating disorder, it was binge eating disorder is what you... Yeah. Said. Yeah. Like I, I restrict and overeat, restrict and overeat. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then just, just totally curious because, you know, the whole dance and acting, you know, like that's yeah. such an intense, you know, kind of a industry anyway, mm -hmm. and of course, completely centered around what you look like. 
And yeah. I was curious, it really was you stopped and then started having that problem? Was Did you start gaining weight because you weren't so active anymore? I'm just curious. Exactly. I thought that it would have, if I had a guess, I would have guessed it would have started while you were doing it. So the body image issue started as young as 12. So I was always like hypercritical, hypervigilant around my body. But because I was an athlete, my, I didn't, it, didn't, it didn't take a hit on my food. I was very conscious. When I was 18, I stopped exercising. I stopped dancing. I stopped doing everything. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm not active anymore. I got to go on a diet. Actually, the first diet that I ever went on was the cabbage soup diet where I, have you ever heard of the <laughs> classic? They should just brand that diet called the classic. And I remember my mom went on that diet and lost a bunch of weight. And I was like, oh, that sounds like a good idea. And you know, it was just diet after diet after diet after diet. I actually ended up in the hospital for a period of time um, when I was about 19 years old because I just was not feeding myself. You know, I wasn't, I wasn't getting the nutrients that I needed. And it was, it was, it was really bad. I actually, I, I, I wrote about this in my, in my new book that's coming out. It's called my diet depression phase where I like every single, I couldn't eat like a normal person. Everything had to be calculated and, and measured. And I would, you know, write down everything. And if I, I always had to hit a deficit in order to, you know, lose more weight. And then mm-hmm. I had a really unhealthy relationship with exercise, you know, exercise addiction yeah, was like, that. I want you to talk about, cause you mm-hmm. did fitness competitions for a while. And I, yeah. I want you to talk about that just really briefly, because I have definitely had people uh, not necessarily so much my clients, but people have li- who listened to the podcast have emailed me mm-hmm. and said, like, I know I'm going to be able to do this. And it's my goal to be able to compete in one of those fitness competitions. Mm-hmm. And the more that I've learned about what that is like, mm-hmm. the less supportive I am <laughs> of people. Yeah. And I'm just really mm-hmm. curious for you to share like your personal experience with it, but also what you saw just within that whole. Definitely. I mean, with anything that we do in life, we always have to ask ourselves, what's the intention behind why I do this? Even when it comes down to food, right? Like what's the intention as to why I'm having this piece of chocolate cake? Is it to just enjoy it because I am like celebrating and I'm connecting with friends or is it coming from this place of fear because I want to numb my emotionality, right? So it's like intention behind consumption. Are there people who do fitness competitions and they do it for like the art of it or the sport of it? I'm sure there is, but I can guarantee you that that number is probably less than 5%. I did that to cover up the fact that I was really struggling with my eating disorder, I was really struggling with food, really struggling with my body. And so it was a socially acceptable way to manage my food and exercise in a very disciplined, structured way that came off to the world as like, everything's cool. But really deep down, the only reason I did it is because I didn't trust myself to not go on that journey and, and left to my own devices, I would eat down the house and I wouldn't exercise or whatever. Mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't exercise or I would completely overdo it. Like there was no just like, hey, we're just going to move our body because it's healthy. You know, none of that. Like like yesterday, um, you know, I'm at my cabin right now, so there's no workout gear here. And so um, yesterday I just put a playlist on for half an hour and I just danced for half an hour. I would never let myself do that in this diet depression phase because it wasn't strenuous enough. It wasn't hard enough. I didn't kill myself while doing it. So the whole journey of being in the fitness competition uh, industry, or I don't even know if you call it industry, but I, I had to like, I worked out for two hours every single day. If I didn't work out for two hours every single day, then I would feel so much guilt and so much shame. I would have like, I remember I could have six almonds a day and I remember eating each one like 
soaking the almond in my mouth, like letting it like melt, like, so it became like mushy so I could like enjoy that bite. Like, are you, mm-hmm. are you freaking kidding me? Like every ounce of possible pleasure. That you oh have my God. Yeah. yeah. I remember there's this brand up in Canada. I'm originally from Canada. There's this brand called David's Tea. And there's this one particular brand of tea that's called birthday cake. And it's just tea. Like there's nothing else yeah. in it, but there's these tiny little flakes of like, I guess they're like sugar or something like they're whatever it's a there's like a little tiny bit of a sweetness like maybe one gram of sugar for like 10 cups but I remember like drinking that and then feeling so guilty that I had that tea that had a little bit like it was so it was so intense and then I just got real with myself and I'm like man the only reason I'm doing this is because I'm trying to cover up this disorder and I really need to get to the bottom of this because this disorder is getting in the way of literally everything my romantic relationship my work my business everything you know it's like my 80% of my mental capacity on a daily basis was spent worrying about my body and food it was so insane yeah yeah Wow. Yeah. And like, just because of eat, pray, love, right? Like you're like, yeah. like Bali and because you missed a class and you just showed up. Isn't that amazing? I love that. You know, I, it's, oh, it's like the, it's the easiest things in life. The, the lap drop things in life are like, I'm like, all right, that was like a gift from the universe. Like, cause if I didn't like do yes that, things, cause you could have been like, dude, that's okay. I'll come back tomorrow for the next meditation class. Right? Yeah, He's like, exactly. Like, no, no, I'm not here for breath work. I'm going to leave. A hundred percent. And, and I and I even judged it like so hard. I was like, breath work. I'm like, that sounds stupid. And the class is three hours. I forgot to tell you that. The class is three hours. <laughs> oh my God. I'm like, a three, like I'm going to sit there and breathe for three hours. Are you guys whack? And so I'm like, you know what? I came all this way. I might as well. So yeah, I did it. And it literally changed my life. It really did. But breath work has this amazing ability to change my life every single time I do it, which sounds like so crazy, but you'll get it once you start doing it. Like every single time I do it, I'm like, oh, there's another realization. Oh, there's another thing that I need to let go of. Oh, here's another, I don't know. It's just so cool. So it's, it's basically like a, another way for you to tap into your emotional life to figure out what's going on for you. Would you say that's, that's it. a way of, of describing it? Because I know a lot yeah. of people listening are going to be like, this is really woo. And also still, I don't know what you're talking about. So I just yeah. want to share what my experience was because I met you I love it. and I found out what you have. And then you have like a, a free breathwork meditation. Well, it's not a meditation. Breathwork. What do you call it? Breathwork. A breathwork journey. Yeah. Journey. Thank you. Okay. And so I started doing it at home. And so I'm doing it and I start noticing like how I'm feeling in my body. And immediately my brain goes to Dr. Brain and is like, this is stupid. Why? <laughs> like literally that was my first thought of this is yep. stupid. And why am I intentionally hyperventilating? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so without going into, and then I shared that with you. And I'm like, yeah. I think you're great. And I'm sure it's amazing. But my brain's <laughs> like, this is stupid. So can you help me understand better why we're doing this? Yes, I love it. I remember that text. <laughs> So I think we were in Hawaii at the time, weren't we? Or I don't know. I can't remember. We were. Yeah. And I would, I would love for you to explain a little bit more about the science behind it. Like what is actually happening mm-hmm. when you breathe in this way? And, you know, what, like, what is the purpose that we're to what we're doing? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to, I'm going to answer this question from two ways. I'm going to answer it from like a, a, a scientific point of view, and I'm going to answer it from a, like a personal development, spiritual development point of view. So at any point in time, we have three pillars of connection. So we have our mind that is feeding us information. We have our emotional body that is feeding us information. And then we have our intuition that is feeding us information. So when someone says to you, follow your intuition, you got to fight through the mind. You got to fight through the emotions in order to get there. 
Now, unless we spend hours and hours and hours on a mountaintop meditating with no distraction, that's a really tall order to ask of someone, um, which is why we're all so confused and lost because we, have, we don't have a connection to this intelligence in our body. So what breath work does is through an active practice, we're using the breath in a very connected and, and continual way. It unhooks the mind, it clears the emotion, and we get direct access to our intuition. So what that's doing is... So, so even like a lot of the the emotion that we're feeling in our body is not ours, especially for those people. And I'm assuming a lot of nurses and doctors and people who take care of people are, are highly empathetic. They, 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 they can take on people's emotions fairly easily, I'm sure. So what we're doing with breath... We, what we do is we learn how to not do that because otherwise we would die. Actually, that's true. <laughs> we that's learn true. how to just that's block true. that, you know, and squash it yeah. off and, and just tuck it away for later because you couldn't even go about your day otherwise. That's actually a, there you go. That's a good point. That's a good point. But do you, do you think like the natural essence of someone in that role is like they care? That's why they got into it, but then they've they've gone. I think it's very, very few and far between like any person who goes into healthcare, especially being a doctor, you Mm -hmm. know, coming at it totally as like, I want to make a ton of money. Like it was, you know, a couple decades ago where people are like, yeah, yeah, this is fine, but really I'm in it for the money. I mean, you have to have some sort of connection to actually caring about people want mm-hmm. them you mm-hmm. know, like having a, a servant's heart yeah to yeah through the whole like all of it uh, like mm-hmm. what, what's involved to go through the yeah. process of even just becoming a doctor and then yeah. you know doing it like for uh, yeah yeah. yeah but then it gets to a point where you're like okay i need to like not be emotional about this because i got a job to do so i need to be very logical and structured yes yeah. Yes. And yeah. then, and then, you know, no one teaches us how to feel our feelings or like even words to describe our feelings or mm. how to process that or how to take care of ourselves. So when you spend all day, like just imagine, you know, like I always, the, some of the um, specialties in particular that come to mind are like someone working in an ICU, someone working in an emergency room, someone, I always think about, you know, our, um, our obstetrician gynecologists who are on, you know, like on the labor, or, mm. you know, they're going from like, think about a, a a doctor who's going from like, you know, having to tell this family that their baby is, you know, not viable or like that their baby has died and they have to, mm. how they're going to, you know, process that and deliver this baby. And then they have to walk out of the door and go into the door next door, like the room next door where there's like a normal, healthy pregnancy happening and they're about to deliver a baby. And then you want to be like all like happy and joyous and tell the story with them. And like, mm. like you literally are like acting. And a lot mm. of like mm-hmm. Glenn and um, Doyle talks about like sending in your representative. Like, I think that that's such a good way of talking about it because sometimes it really is like, if I show Besme right now, like it, it's just not going to work. I have to send in my representative, but then we don't know how to actually tap into. Because <sighs> you've been so conditioned to act as that avatar, as that representative, that person, it's like, it becomes conditioned. Oh, totally. Mm. And then when you've done it for so long, for so many years, and, and you know, let's not even gloss over the fact that, you know, while you're learning to do this, you're also a student. And, mm. um, you know, so you're getting all these messages from the people above you about like, you did this wrong, you screwed up on that. Like, I mean, this is, mm. you know, especially like, I mean, I don't want to necessarily like generalize, but like in surgery, and maybe it's even gotten better since I went through all my training, but it's like, it's not unusual to have like the attending surgeon yelling at the resident while they're mm. operating because they screwed something up or they didn't do it the way they liked it or whatever. Like, so, oh my God. so like so much pressure and then mm. stuffing that, and then no one teaches you how to deal with it. Like, 
I'm always like, of course you're eating to feel better and drinking alcohol. Are you freaking kidding me? What else? Are you yeah, no kidding. To do? No one's. That's why they. That's why they got you. They're like, help, <laughs> help me feel my things. No, I was well, like, I need yeah. me. That's how I became mm-hmm. came into this role. So, yeah. so yeah, it's like not no. Like I think if if you look at it like every day there's going to be emotion to be processed, mm. then you're open to how to do that. And I think that mm-hmm. sounds like what you're saying, like with breath work, it's like a, an avenue in to that. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I, I call it the door in like people, people have, people have many different doors into spirituality. And, you know, you talked about before we started recording, like how you love just like walking by the Creek and like, that's your way of like connecting with nature. And like, maybe that's your door in for, you know, maybe meditation is some people's door in. It's definitely not mine. (laughs) Maybe dance as therapy is someone's door in, but we need a door into that like spiritual, emotional world that otherwise remains silenced and muted for a lot of people, especially doctors for sure. So breath in Latin, so breath and spirit in Latin mean the same thing. So when we, when we intentionally use breath, we're, we're able to tap deeper into our spirit. So for me, it's like my Dorian is like super easy access to my spiritual world. Every single breath pattern as well is connected to an emotion. So if we know through the power of breath work, how we want to feel, we can literally manipulate our breath patterns in order to achieve a certain felt sense in the body. So relaxation is one particular breath, breath pattern versus anxiety is a completely separate one. So if we are present and aware of what is going on with our breath, we can, and we're, say we are feeling anxious and we want to tap into to uh, relaxation well we know exactly how to breathe in that particular breath pattern in order to activate that that energy that 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 uh, vibration in the body so it's it's deep it's deep now now from a what is actually happening as we're breathing we're exhaling more CO2 than normal. We're creating more, uh, the, the blood is becoming more, we're going into respiratory alkalosis. The blood is becoming more alkaline. So we're, we're, the brain is actually seeing things in a new way. When, when, we are, when we are fixated on fear and we're so wrapped up in, if, in fear, we are focusing on one thing which is rooted in fear, which is creating an activation of fear in the body. And that's just creating a feedback loop all day long. Fear, 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 which we know creates a lot of physical um, ailments in the system as well. So if we release the mind, shift the pH of the body, allow the, the brain to see something in a new way, oh, I, I feel a new sensation, a different sensation in my body. I'm now experiencing contentment. Okay, well, what are the thoughts that go with contentment? And how can I create a positive feedback loop under this energy of contentment, not fear? So we're able to really shift the energetics. And it, it's really, um, my philosophy is always the bottom up approach. So really starting in the body, starting with the energetics, shifting the energy at a very core level and then allowing the mind to catch up versus the other way around. Got it. Yeah. That's so interesting. That's so interesting. Mm -hmm. And I just love it as an opportunity, just like you're saying, like for the people who've like, listen, I've tried all the meditation apps. I've done it all. Like I I've really tried and it's just not my thing rather than looking at it. Like, well, there's just no self care, you know, kind of, I always call it like, um, you know, active de-stressing, like things that you can do 
to that are active yes, to actually yes. process what's going on for you. Because mm-hmm. we think, you know, I'm just going to like de-stress with my glass of wine in front of Netflix, except that is not at all what happens to us when we do that. So yeah. I just think having exposure to another opportunity is, you know, is amazing for that. So, okay. So you, you know, have taken, I mean, I loved it. I think you told me once you're like, oh, I spoke at a real estate convention and like, cause right. Cause like people, I think, and I, myself included, I'm like, this is like mm-hmm. a super woo woo. Totally. Thing. Totally. And like, you yeah. know, I don't know. It's kind of like, it's a little out there, but like <laughs> real yeah. quote unquote normal people are, are mm. doing this, right? Yeah. It, it was so interesting. So, so my audience is normally, um, you know, women age 25 to 45 who are kind of into personal development already. You know, they, they read the eat, pray, love books. They, they're kind of, they listen to podcasts, that kind of thing. So that's, that's who I normally speak to. So I get a call last year from <laughs> this real estate conference. They're like, Hey, um, we have a group of 3000, mostly men, uh, you know, 95% men at this conference. We'd love for you to come in and do breath work. And the first thing I thought of was like, are you freaking kidding me? Like, okay, I'm really comfortable with speaking to women about this because like they kind of get it already. But like this group of men, like, okay, this is, this is going to be, this is going to be work. But anyway, I'm like, yeah, sure. You know, saying yes to life. Right. I'm like, yes, sure. I got it. I can do it. I'll knock out of the park. Let's go. (laughs) Yeah. I'm like, let's go. So I I show up in LA at this, this swanky hotel and I, I go into the room and you know, some, some real estate dude is on stage talking about how you could just make more money and hustle and grind and go. And I'm literally next. I'm like, this is, this is crazy. And actually this, this event really holds a special place in my heart for a lot of reasons. But after me was Kobe Bryant. So I got to meet him before he passed away, which was like, yeah, I was like, he, and he just, he's, he's an amazing person, but it was this like, hustle, go, 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 dude. Then it was me. Then it was Kobe. And I'm like, okay, this is, I feel so out of place right now, but I'm just going to go with this. So I hop up on, on stage and I, you know, and I, and I just do my thing and I made pretty much the entire room ball their eyes out. It was crazy, dude. I got off stage and all of these men like flooded and they wanted to talk to me. And every single story was like, I haven't cried in 30 years this was amazing. I finally forgave my dad. I've hated myself my whole life. And you finally, I finally felt self-love in my heart, like over and over and over and over and over and over again. So like when it comes to breath work and like my intention and my vision and my mission with pause with my company is to mainstream it and make it like so basic that people get it and they do it. And they're not, they're not um, sort of like, they don't poo poo on it because it's like spiritual or woo woo because they're, it's so powerful and it's so, it, it gives people like such incredible transformation so quickly. But like, like myself, I also was like breathwork. This is like bull. Like, I'm not going to do this. Right. Same thing with you. Like we were bleeding myself to breathe this way. <laughs> like, yeah. It's I, like, what I felt actually the resistance to doing it. My body being like, stop hyperventilating, stop mm-hmm. doing this. Yeah. You don't yeah. need to breathe so fast. Like that was my mm-hmm. experience the first time doing it. Yeah. And yeah. And also you you're like, yeah, push past that. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> because we also have to figure out, is it the mind or is it the body? Right? Like it, was that your mind speaking to you or was that your body? Oh, like we should definitely listen probably. to the body if the body is like, cause, cause I know through breath work, I can bring in a lot of energy in my, in my body through breath. And sometimes my system is like, okay, that's, we're, we're good now. But when I first started breath work, my mind is like, stop this, stop this, stop this. This is crazy. So it might've been your mind versus your body. <laughs> well, probably. <laughs> I would guess that it, I would, I, if I had to, had to make a bet, I would bet I was on that. Yeah. So, okay. So now, you know, 
I mean, you speak and whatever, but like right now people aren't traveling and like, you know, so the yeah. good news is that you have a, like a home program that you can get and I have it yeah. and it's great. And mm-hmm. you basically can do this on your own guided mm-hmm. by you. Yeah. So talk yeah. To me a little bit more about that. Yeah, definitely. So it's a six week program. Um, you can go through it at your own pace. Every single module is a, a video teaching plus a breathwork audio plus a workbook. So you can listen to the the teaching. So I teach teach you all about breathwork, et cetera, et cetera. Then you listen to the the audio and then fill the workbook. And along with that, we have a community as well that you can hop into and ask questions and uh, and really really engage as well. But it's it's like it's a starting point. It's a starting point for people who have never tried breathwork before to just get amongst it and just like begin to learn, understand how this method can work for you and how how you can see the shifts and the changes in your body so rapidly, especially for someone who has been emotionally constipated for their whole life, like I was. Um, so it's 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 very digestible. It's very easy to use. And um, it gives you like a foot in into breathwork and what it is. And obviously there's lifetime access for that. So you can just keep using those, those audios as you want to. Yeah. And I think it's just Mm -hmm. such a good accessible way of trying it out. Definitely. Like I have to like fly across the country and do like a week long retreat to be able, you know, or go to Bali for God's sake for like, (laughs) like learn how to do this. Mm -hmm. Like it's a way Mm -hmm. that you can explore it and you know, like I yeah. said to you, like, I just think it's great to offer just different mm-hmm. ways because people are going to, if you're willing to try enough things, you're going to find that thing that really, really works for you. And that it's just, it's not enough to just be like, oh, these things I tried didn't work. Like you have to find mm-hmm. the thing, whatever Absolutely. that is for you. Like you whatever your door in is. That is going, yeah, exactly. Whatever your door in is. So yeah, mm-hmm. I think that's so awesome. I, that. I can't wait yeah. for everybody to try it. I think, I think it's going to be really interesting mm-hmm. to see. Cause I, I can already like in my mind's eye, like you're like, you know, the pulmonologist being like, okay, so wait, you're, you're becoming alcoholic on purpose. <laughs> is, yes. <laughs> yes. But again, like this is not like, not like a new thing. Like this is no, 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 no. This, right. Like our, our Oh yeah, this has been a uh, practice for ever, forever. Just like meditation, right? Like, yeah, yeah, meditation. We were born with the ability to to do this. We've just forgotten, right? Like we were all born with the ability to understand how to use food for health and hunger, but we forgot. And that's why we need people like you to reteach us how to do that, right? So same thing with breath. Like we were created with this mechanism to deregulate our nervous system, to live a life of well-being and happiness. We've just forgotten. We're all jacked up, emotionally constipated. We're not breathing. And so we got to get back down to, to, to truly basic. Truly basics. Yeah. And I mean, mm-hmm. I guess that too, just you're talking about like when I'm stressed, I'm holding my breath so much and my breath is so shallow. Mm-hmm. Like I don't actually really breathe. I don't utilize yeah. my lungs in the way that they are meant to be utilized. And, um, and yeah, I mean, you know how, I don't know if it's the Buddha said that like, you know, meditation is just like one conscious breath something like that. I'm totally like, you know, <laughs> very much taking liberties on that one. But like, you know, if you ever do take, you know, just take one moment and you just like take mm. a good, you know, cleansing breath, whatever. Like it really does change everything. Yeah. It changes the way you feel. You feel more connected mm. with yourself. Like you feel more calm. Mm. It's just, it's amazing. So if Absolutely. that is the case, then why couldn't something like this? Work? Absolutely. That's why I'm yeah. always like, I just like to be open-minded to things. Like what's what's going to lose right why not yeah that's how i'm like still like breathwork is a hundred percent my thing but i'm still like all right teach me what uh what other kind of weird crap can i make myself feel good with (laughs) (laughs) 
you know, it's like you always have the ability to do it. You don't need like, mm. you know, you're always breathing, hopefully. Right. So yeah, you need yeah. to have any special equipment. You don't need yeah. to have anything. You can totally just do it on your own. And We've overcomplicated how to feel good. Yes, exactly. Tell me just because I'm curious what your personal practices with breath work. Like, yeah. So I, so in the morning I, I do five minutes continual breath in the morning. And so one of the breath patterns that I'll teach you in the course is called the halo active breath, which is <sighs> so it's two breaths in one breath out. The breath is looping. It's connected. So I do that for five minutes in the morning with a hold at the end. So I'll do five minutes and then deep breath in through the nose, hold at the top and then relax. What that does is it clears out any energy that has been kicked up through my dreams because I'm a very active. I like remember all of my dreams. And of course, when we're dreaming, it's creating reactions and sensations in our body. And so to start my day fresh, I just do five minutes in the morning. And then I do the same thing at night, five minutes at night as well. Three or four times a week, I'll do a 20 minute to 40 minute session lying down on my mat, breathing um, with some really beautiful, intense music to help guide um, my body through the experience. So um, yeah, I, I, I'm obsessed. I love so anyway, it. Anyway, it's not, it's not like a hugely time consuming kind of thing we're talking about. That's why. I'm no. no, 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 not at all. Cool. Okay, Sam, where can people find the six week course? Yeah. So if you go to pausebreathwork.com slash journey, you will be able to find this six-week course there. If you want to read all about it and read uh, the story, the Hungry for Happiness story, you can go to hungryforhappiness.com slash buy book. Um, we are in pre-sale for the book now. And then, um, yeah, if you have any questions, reach out to me on Instagram. I got you. That's right. And yeah, what's your handle on Instagram? At Samantha Skelly. All mushed together. Okay. Love Sounds it. good. Thanks, Sam. Sweet. Sharing breathwork with us. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. Did you know that you can find a lot more help from me on my website? Go to katrinaubellmd.com and click on free resources.